Hello and welcome to the NBC Sports Podcast. My name is Andrew Sullivan. I'm joined by Connell Scruggs, J.P. Eisenhower, and Andrew Feeney. We'll talk a little bit of high school football as the season wrapped up last uh, week. And then we'll move into some college football stuff. We'll talk about bowl games. We'll talk about the college football playoff. We'll talk about recruiting classes and head coaches um, for this last podcast before the Christmas break. So first off, last week, Oconee County falls to Blessed Trinity, and Blessed Trinity makes it a four-peat, uh, rather, in the state championship in 4A, beating the Warriors 17-14. to Connell, wouldn't you see out of BT in that game? I mean, they just looked they looked like BT pretty much the whole season. They were just grinding the ball down. Elijah Green looked great. Justice Haynes looked great. It was pretty much classic BT. They know what they, they know what they do, and they do it well. They know how to do it well, and they definitely ran the ball well. That last drive was perfect. The way they were able to run down the clock, run like, what was it, eight minutes of clock down, get all the way down to the one, and just end the game there on that one drive. It was beautiful drive. I, I mean, that's just BT for you. They're in for 264 yards on 43 rushing attempts, so... That's just them basically grind the ball down, take a ton of clock. Um, they had about seven more minutes with the ball than Oconee County did, and whenever you can control time of possession, that's definitely going to be uh, your advantage. That was just Elijah Green's game. And BT was only up three. Their offense was struggling, and then with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter, they get the ball back and go on a nine-minute run, a nine-minute drive to close the game. They didn't let Oconee have the ball inside nine minutes in the fourth quarter. That's unbelievable. Right. Yeah. Max right. Johnson didn't look great in that no, game he didn't. either. Ma- Ma- that cost them. Max Johnson was... He was throwing I mean, it to his brother the entire game. He wasn't really spreading it around. Seven for 20. Yeah, he, he, he missed so many passes that he should normally makes in the first half, and he probably had his worst game of the season. If he played well, I think Oconee County wins. Another thing that didn't help was Ben Nolan, who tore his ACL in the Marist game, was out. He's their second-best wide receiver. I mean, so, they still beat Sandy Creek with that. I mean, I did. know Sandy Creek's defense isn't great, but I feel like you got to have more than just one or two guys, especially when you're just throwing it to your brother the entire game. You got to have some more they were targets. Double, they were double teaming him they too. You, you got to spread the ball still, around. I still think if Oconee County plays like they did against Maris, they would have won that game. Yeah, and like like you said, Max Johnson had the worst game of the season. I think going back to what JP said. Uh, Elijah Green possibly had the best game of his season. He rushed for over 200 yards, 203 yards actually, on 21 carries. I mean, 200 he, yards in the state championship. And 21 He's carries going out in too. Style there. They, they fed him in the yeah, state championship with 21 he, carries. He'll be going to North Carolina, UNC next year. UNC I'm really looking forward to watching next year. So yeah, their quarterback looks really good. He's he's yeah. a freshman this year. He looked good as a freshman. So he just almost beat what Clemson as a freshman. Yep. Sam Howell. Um, another thing for 4A, um, we talked about it a little bit uh, at the end of the season. Region uh, 4A is changing, so next year it'll be interesting. I think Marist is scheduling BT, even yes, though they're first not game in of the season. First, first game, game of the season versus BT, good. second game of the season versus Woodward. So that's going to be really tough, especially for the quarterback. Uh, and, that, quarterback. and Marist will not be playing Pius, is that correct? Uh, I'm not sure. I've, uh, that I've hasn't, been, been, that hasn't confirmed. been confirmed. There, I, think, I really hope not. I, I want to play Pius. No, I, yeah, wanna, that's a I think everybody that. at Marist wants to play yes. Pius and BT. I really hope they don't the take issue that there, off the schedule. The issue there is that Pius's region has nine teams in it. Wow. So Pius has to play eight region games, leaving them only two non-region games to schedule. 
So I think you got to schedule Mayor, so just because just because of the rivalry, you got to get history behind. You got to get very picky on who you want to play. Just so the we'll history see. behind that rivalry, you can't yeah. just get yeah. rid that, of that. That should be number one on their list. About a, I think Maris should try to play. I mean, I was the I was proposing Maris tries to play Cartersville. I mean, I think Maris outside of your outside of your region play hard games. You need right. the experience. Exactly. There's like what are you t- unless you're trying to go fifteen no and and go an un, undefeated season. I mean, I don't really care if, if, if Maris wins a state championship. I don't think the kids care if they're undefeated or not. They just want to win the state right. championship. And, and those and those two games at the beginning of the season, Blessed Trinity and Woodward, are not in region, so those are, aren't yeah. going to affect the if, playoff picture in any way. If you play any hard games outside of region, you're not losing anything. Right, you're preparing yourself you know for harder games later. Yeah, you know I mean, Chadwick loaded the schedule uh, just Woodward's, to give all this. Woodward's going to lose a bunch of people. It'll be interesting to see how they rebuild. But I'm Blessed not so Trinity, sure about Woodward. Uh, well, they uh, lost their UCF quarterback and their running back. Those were their top two players. They'll have to rebuild a little bit, but we'll they're see. always stacked with athletes at yep. Woodward. So it's it's just a good test for the defense speed-wise. And uh, you play against a bunch of just talented athletes over there, no matter what. Um, and for the secondary next year, it'll be interesting to see who replaces Mitch Owen. Um, I mean, this year you had a s- pretty good pretty good the secondary but losing right. Mitchell and I don't know who's going to step up in that place it might be right for Masana it might be Thomas Rollauer mm-hmm. it really depends on what what you're going for there Thomas Rollauer versus it could be height one of the versus, freshmen this year too mm-hmm. it could be Thomas Rollauer I mean you look at him you don't think the kid hits hard but that kid hits hard. He's dense. I've yeah, I've heard him be, been described as dense because he doesn't look that big but when he hits, he hits you hard. you feel it hey you feel I remember it. he got called for targeting I remember he can hit people. I mean, yeah. he is. He's a great. He's, he's that safety. He's, he's gonna, that kind of guy you want. That's the kind of guy you need. Yeah. You, you need that in enforcer the middle. on your defense. Right. And but Maris I, is playing. You gotta love him. Maris has to play um, six region games next year in a region of the seven. So I was proposing Maris plays Blessed Trinity, Woodward, St. Pius, and Cartersville. Yeah, get you, I would like that. Get you that. a lot of good competition That's early good. in the season. I would. I mean, it's fun for, Mar- for right. Marist to play those competitive right. teams because this year, I mean, Marist didn't play many competitive games. Mm-hmm. If I'm being honest, the first seven weeks were like, how yeah. good really is Marist because they've won every single game, but Denmark they haven't played anybody. Denmark was supposed to be, but Denmark yeah. really yeah, didn't. Denmark, actually played Denmark didn't play well against us. Yeah, they didn't play well against... I didn't. I don't think they were as... See, we were hyping them up so much, but I don't know if they were as good of a team as we thought they were, especially after the way they lost to Sandy Creek. And when, when you're playing, I mean, when you play a team out of Las Vegas and beat them by 60, I mean, and you're playing, <laughs> who else are you playing? I mean, Westminster West Westminster wasn't a great out of region no. game. And what are we going to call I West mean, Hall? I mean, those are games where if the students know Maris is going to win pretty easily, that makes them not want to come right, as much. Exactly. Um, I think it's the better games you schedule out of region, the better I like it. Yeah, the better honestly. the more entertaining. Like it, the better the parents like it, the better the better the players feel because they know, you know, if the, you want a big game like that, you have confidence going into the next week, especially in the playoffs when you get in those later rounds, especially like this year. You play the better teams. You hadn't been prepared earlier in the season by playing the good teams. Well, Maris went nine, right? nine, the first nine weeks, Maris won every single game by double digits, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. We didn't play a close I mean, game until BT was BT. really our only hard game. And when you look at that, that's you don't. That's not enough experience you. going into the playoffs. When you, the next hard team you face is Oconee County, it's really just not enough. I like their s- strategy of stacking their schedule and getting experience against mm-hmm. these top teams. Well, let me tell you, next year if Maris plays BT Woodward and Pius first th- uh, three out of the first four games, I can guarantee you 
the one win those football players won is BT. Yeah, guaranteed. Oh, of course. They'll that take a win a... over BT over a win over Woodward or Pius <laughs> any day of the week the next year. Cool. The BT rivalry is just... It's, I feel like the BT rivalry Pius is now is, above Pius yes. as well, these past well, few years. Pius, Pius is just a long-term rivalry. You're told it's a rivalry. It, it, it's just a... Right. Known thing that we show up to this game. It's a big game. We want to win. We want to beat them. But I mean, it's not like hate filled as much as yeah, I would say. Oh, if you want to talk about hate filled rivalries, the blessed, being in that locker room, blessed Trinity rivalry. I mean, there's a certain level of uh-huh. distaste between <laughs> the, the two schools. That locker room I mean, before the BT game, you are everyone's getting into it. Everyone Marist, wants to Marist beat down lost on to BT. BT this year in triple overtime. They lost to BT last year, 10 to seven. They beat BT the year before in the regular season, but lose to them in the state championship. These seniors next year will not have had their wins against BT. And they're yeah. going to be every, really every, wanting to go out on a high note against West. Every Trinity game has year. been decided by single digits that Maris mm-hmm. has played West Trinity. It and it's not even just football. It's all sports. And baseball has been competitive versus Blessed Trinity in the last few years. Basketball is now becoming competitive with Blessed Trinity this year. You know, so it's all, it's really all sports. Blessed Trinity and Mar- that that rivalry is really starting like, to amp up. And I, let me tell you that Maris Blessed Trinity basketball game a week ago did not help. Uh, no, d- just, <laughs> did not. just ramped up the distaste for Blessed Trinity. <laughs> it, I can yeah. guarantee that. Um, I mean, just it's when it, I mean the Pius games have been back and forth, but it it hasn't really been this close. When, well, it helps build the rivalry up. I think it's just having such close games and. Yep. Being so close to beating them or being so yeah. close to losing, that helps building up. And I think, I mean, the past four years, all four regular season games, the past four years have been decided by three points yep. or less. Yep. I feel like this rivalry is similar to if you're looking at Ohio State and Michigan or Oklahoma and Alabama, Texas. Auburn, just any, like any teams of those that close. just absolutely hate each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you respect the other team, but you hate them. Yeah. It's good. It's and, good to have a rivalry and they're, like that. They're two, this year, I. I I, in my opinion, Alan Chadwick and Tim McFarland are the two best 4A coaches. Yeah. With, By far. For the, uh-huh. for the talent that they get, how well they coach their teams, I think Tim McFarland's done a better job than... Uh, uh, co- well, no, Tim well, McFarland had Tim more McFarland talent. a lot more talent. He had more talent than Maris this, did this year. Um, but he had to deal with injuries that Maris didn't have to deal with. He lost two quarterbacks. He had to um, replace... Yeah. Quarterback wise, he I mean, I talked to him before the Maris BT game. He said usually to win a state championship you need to prevent prevent from injury. And going into the state championship, he was surprised that his team made it this year. Um yeah. so and I they- mean that those two coaches do so much for the little amount of talent. I mean, you compare the talent Marist has versus the talent Oconee has. Yeah. And the talent BT versus that talent Oconee it's just has. Well coaching. I mean, Oconee has Two kids that'll probably play at LSU. Mm-hmm. They have a kid that's probably going to play at Virginia, mm-hmm. which is the ACC runner-up. West Weeks. Um, they have a running back that's probably D one. They have a a safe safety was West Weeks. They have a a def- offensive lineman who's probably going D one. I mean that team had sixty one <laughs> players, I think, on it, and oh, you don't see. I mean BT had two this year. Both running backs, and that was it. Too. Yeah, this shows you coaching is Marist huge. Had Everyone, you never think about the coaches when you look juniors. at players. And when you look at that, I mean, look, when you look at the Rams, they made a few changes before Sean McVay era, but Sean McVay really changed that it's team. True. It's really a coaching change that's going to change these teams. That's why when you look at college football, teams having talent but changing coaches, 
sometimes that makes all the difference from a yeah. team not being ranked to a team being a top five team like Mizzou will be next year. <laughs> and, and Get him out of here. <laughs> and going back to, to throw that in there. Going back to Blessed Trinity, I mean, before Tim McFarlane got there uh, a couple, uh, eight, nine years ago, I think he got there in 2010, BT had never won a state championship and now they've won three, three in, a row. in a row. I mean, and wow. He's and, won, he's won four as a head coach and he's 90 and 18 at, at Blessed Trinity. And, I mean, he's a program builder for them. Right. And and the thing is, with a private school, it's not like a public school where you're districted. In private school, you can actually attract players to to like your school. So being a good coach and having a, a successful program is huge. And so you see Justice Haynes started the year off at Alpharetta High School. Two weeks in, transferred to Blessed Trinity because, you know, that football program, it, it's powerful. It's incredible. There. So and, and he's going to be a four-year starter for them. And Alfreda misses him a lot. And then, uh, assuming he doesn't get terribly injured, we hope not. He will definitely be going D one. I mean, I mean, he's one of the best freshman runner running backs I've seen in Georgia. Um, He's one of the best running backs you've seen in Georgia. He's built like an upperclassman. Elijah Green was better than him this year, but he won't be. He he won't be in the future. Justice is definitely going to be above Elijah by the time he graduates. Mm Now we're going to shift into college football. We're going to go over some just some uh, storylines. First, we'll touch on the rankings. First, Connell is 60 points, JP 59, and I have 56. Still anybody's game. Um, some storylines coming into the bowl season. Um, first, a bunch of players expected again this year to sit out of bowls. We've heard from a couple already. Derek Brown for uh, Auburn, the defensive tackle, and... Um, Andrew Thomas for uh, Georgia, the the um, guard, offensive guard. And then another offensive lineman for Georgia said he's not playing next year. He hasn't said if he's going to skip mm. the Sugar Bowl. But for me, at this point, it seems like anybody that's going like top two rounds in the NFL draft and isn't playing in the college football's playoff is like, what's the point of the bowl? I mean, there's some exceptions. Like, I'm just going to skip it. Yeah, there's there's some exceptions. Uh, I mean, Jerry Judy is elected to play, which I, I personally didn't think he was going to play that game. But I think uh, Tua Tagovailoa called a players-only meeting with all the guys that I think were going first and second round, and they had a talk. And I think it was either going to be we're all in or we're all out, pretty much. Um, and so Jerry Judy decided to uh, to play. I know Terrell Lewis and Trayvon Diggs are both electing to not play, so they're both going to sit out versus Michigan. Those are both potential first and second round picks there. So that, that makes a little bit of sense, but big surprise there for Jerry Judy to actually play. I didn't think he was going to play. I think this is the best decision for players. I know there's a lot of people who want to see these top players play in these bowl games, but when you look at it, they have to think about their future. They have to think about getting drafted in the NFL when you look at the possibility of getting injured and going later versus gaining absolutely nothing from this bowl game, there's nothing more that you can prove. You've already given everything yeah, out on the field. True. One game is really going to change your, your draft stock that much. I say uh, pack it up now and wait until after the scouting combine and everything and just have that be your last statement. The scouting combine, signing, everything. I think just one thing to consider, it might be, it's not as much about a player's draft stock it's more about building a program and i think right. in my opinion a bowl game win a huge bowl game win can help boost a program um you saw i mean ucf beating auburn a couple years yep. ago in a bowl game that really boosted ucf 
because it legitimized them. It right. gave them a chance to prove themselves and what they had done over the course of the year. I, I think in from a program stance and a coaching standpoint, I think they should start telling their kids we're not going to give you scholarships if you're not going to play in the in the bowl games. Because I, uh, because uh, I think look, I don't like I see look, here. they need to have their players play because for some programs they need to be winning their bowl games because it's gonna help them a lot. I mean these and if you take it back five years ago when nobody was doing this, bowl games were a huge deal for right. teams and everybody wanted to win them because be, it's it's a chance if you're in the top 25 to likely, you're po- likely playing another top 25 team. It can help your program in the future and it can help you kind of boost your conference over another conference if yeah. SEC is playing the Big 12. Say, okay, the SEC schools are better than the Big 12. I think it's a big thing recruiting wise and boosting a program wise. Um, these schools need to start caring more about their bowl games, right? And I mean, I can see where the players are coming from, right? Because the money, money talks, and money is huge in the NFL draft. But I think just as a fan and and at coming from like talking about the college football as a game itself, it kind of hurts the game when players sit out because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't make the games as interesting when you have. Teams like Alabama playing Michigan, I want to see like the entire Alabama team playing the entire Michigan team. And I, I haven't heard uh, of any Michigan players setting out, so it looks like it's going to be the entire Michigan team. But I want to see both teams play each other at full force so we can, you know, like you were saying, we programs can legitimize like how good they are versus other programs. Like Alabama-Michigan, two big blue blood programs, how often do we see them get to play each other? Not very often. I think the last time they played was 2010 or, or like, late 2000 so a long time ago but those programs have since changed and you want to see those them play so i think it's good for the game when players actually play it's just unfortunate because in the college right. if the team was in the college football playoff there's no question exactly which is another reason why the playoff needs to be extended but anyway mm-hmm. i agree it, i think the playoff uh, has actually screwed up the yes. way bowls yeah like i how think value it, they yeah are. It, it nowadays started, when teams make don't make the college football playoff and they're making a bowl game it's not a big they, deal. They want to sit out the draft. The bowl game's not a big deal anymore yep. just because they're not in the playoff. And that's awful. And uh, for, for me, a great example would be Georgia. Yeah. Exactly. Georgia you saw last, last year versus years. Texas. Now the past two they're, years. They weren't it's motivated. Just, they should not have lost that game versus yeah. Texas, I think. And they got blown out. It wasn't even yep. close. Yeah. And then, I mean, that last year, if those teams play regular season as like a game, conference championship I think Georgia beats them by 20 mm-hmm. see, but they don't care <laughs> yeah. I mean that's see, ridiculous to me obviously I think bowl games being undervalued with the playoffs and everything it's a big deal we definitely need to extend the playoffs but when you look at players sitting out bowl games it's the right decision when you look at it don't look at it from a fan's perspective and what you want to see look at it from their perspective and what they need to do these people well, it's just two different perspectives really. but they're now going into this is a business for them now yeah, they're yeah, going yeah. into the draft they have to make good business decisions and I feel like a good business decision would not be risking everything to play in a bowl game. Instead, sit out and know that you've already you can't get yeah. any more from this bowl game. There's nothing you can gain. You can only lose from this bowl game. Like Andrew had mentioned earlier with the Jaden Smith, mm-hmm. the linebacker from Notre Dame, he lost he was gonna be a top five pick, plays in the bowl game against what a lot of people thought he was gonna do. He ends up getting injured really a horrible injury with a lot of nerve damage in his knee slides all the way into, I think early to mid second round. And it's just, it's a horrible situation because he lost all that money just from that. And then also miles Jack for UCLA in the same draft. It's, it's not a good 
business decision to play in these games for these players that are going to be top picks. JP, ultimately now, is it is it really a business, just increased business views on things that it's has over the past six years uh, caused people uh, to decide to do it, or is it the college football I, I playoff? I think it's the college football I playoff. It's, it's the college football no, playoff. I think it's the college football playoff because um, the way they advertise the playoff is pretty much like the playoff is king. If you're not in the playoff, mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. you know, with all the selection shows, with the advertising, it's like playoff or bust. And it, it's awful. And, and right. And if you're looking at it from a player's perspective, like you were saying, players didn't used to do this. They, they didn't used to sit out because bowls they saw were actually valuable. If they saw the Bulls as valuable, I still think they would play it because you know you're on that team. You've rode with those guys for two or three years. It's it's not like if if you really value that game, you're gonna play in it, whether there's money talking or not. And I think because the bowl games are now devalued, that's why the guys are sitting out because the draft still existed back when players wouldn't sit out. The draft bonuses still existed, right? But now, ever since the playoff has happened, that's when players are starting to sit out. I mean, think about it this way: you could end in this season. Top that uh, the number five team in the whole country, right? Out of like two hundred teams, and, and you're your gonna game doesn't and your bowl game doesn't mm-hmm. matter. I mean, you've seen it from it's it's awful. Numerous Georgia players, and the fact that I don't know they're that they've already just come out like it used to be after your bowl game they'd announce oh we're not coming back now three weeks before their bowl game oh we're not coming back yeah. to Georgia we're not playing in the bowl game right hey, the morale is hey, down the season is over for Georgia right. at this mm-hmm. point right like who cares about the Sugar Bowl that's ridiculous right it's like an all it's it's not like an all it's kind of like an all star game in the fact that no one really cares about it it's just like exactly. a game right they people just don't care about how like who wins it's really just like an extra game added. It's it's just And now sad. it's pretty much any program that's made it to the college football playoff, once you made it once, it's, it's either college football playoff or bust. It's right. just disappointing. Like and it's just it's sad that you could be a finish at a number five team and it's a disappointing season. And yeah. I go back to the Baylor example. Baylor one overtime away from making the college football playoff, <laughs> and, all of a sudden, and now and now this is a huge disappointment. All and Baylor, they, they were you such were so a horrible close. team before, and it's the such... program has gone from one and eleven to an overtime away from being in and the no college football playoffs. No in, one in two seasons, in the conference championship. We should be celebrating that. They should be really trying hard to win their bowl game, and if they right. win the Sugar Bowl. They should be playing a Georgia team that's motivated to beat them, and we should have a good matchup there to see who's better, Baylor or Georgia, and that would legitimately be... Neither team is motivated. Neither team is really looking Uh, too motivated. If if I was going to Baylor, I would try to win that game. Baylor's more motivated motivated than than Georgia. Georgia. But But when you look at morale, it's not like Baylor's jumping off the walls. I I mean, if I'm excited... Okay, obviously I'm not on Baylor, but if I were on Baylor and we had a season like this... I'm talk- yeah. I want to beat Georgia. If we beat Georgia, is, talking your season about is going down in the books yeah. right there. When you look at it, but, who's talking about it? Yeah, no one really is. cares. But, and from a program standpoint, if I'm those two programs, I'm wanting to beat the other one because it gives us a boost and probably recruiting-wise it gives us boost. Mm-hmm. And for Georgia, they don't care anymore. Like, Which just I don't makes know, I don't know why. It, it, it's ruined college to, football uh, it's to the some college extent. football playoff really I think what really does it is the weekly show after like I think it's week <laughs> it's six. It's a selection yeah. shows, it's, man. And it's, Every single week it's on just Tuesday like, night. When you get that when you're not in the top twenty five or you're not I mean, when you're not in the top four, it's just like, dang, this is such a disappointment. And it shouldn't be. It right. shouldn't that was be one that thing. Way. It used to be top twenty five. If you're in the top twenty five, you're, you're excited. Now yeah. it's top four or you Bust. don't care. Yeah. Five years ago, this Sugar Bowl would be an 
awesome matchup, and I'd be really excited to watch it and really excited to see how SEC matches up against Big mm-hmm. 12. Yep. This year, I, I'm looking at social media. The Georgia players are obviously are showing that they don't care. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen that from a Baylor and, standpoint, but if you see the kids not being motivated, I mean, what motivation does that give me as a college football viewer to want to watch the game? Yeah, exactly. It's just going to be like last year when the number four team, if the number four team loses, they're going to be like, it should have been us. Right. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I mean, yeah. but ultimately, you know, players are going to do what's best for them. And I'm sure the coaches support that because... You know, they mm-hmm. really college football. It's the developmental league They're like the national championship is great, great for the viewers and everything. But it's it's if you're going down from a player's perspective, it's to develop you and get you to the NFL. So I'm sure the players, the coaches, they're all excited. You know, coaches are going to sit and when their players say they're going to sit out, they're fine with it. You know, it's just like it's turned into a business. The college football yeah. playoff has turned into a business. Yeah. And now we'll uh, just shift gears a little bit. Um, now focusing on. Some players that have mentioned coming back next year for, for their senior year. Um, a move that um, some might not like, but for the college viewer, it's very great to see players wanting to come back. First, very surprisingly, Chase Young for Ohio State. Uh, okay, let me just play this, say a disclaimer here. I'm pretty sure the interaction uh, was with TMZ, and TMZ's <laughs> known to be very upfront in your face. I don't so, think he's coming back. I, it, it was at an airport. TMZ approached him with the, when he was with his mom, kind of shoved a microphone in his, in his face. What else are you gonna say, right? You're gonna you're gonna say what what's good, yeah. what 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 people tell you to say. It's not gonna be. He's not gonna say I'm going to the draft. It's, it's he's gonna say what's right for the like. He's going to say what's right from a an organizational standpoint. I don't think he was saying meant anything by that. Another person that legitimately might come back is Tua Tagovailoa. Um, JP Eisenhower talked about about that this week on the JP Eisenhower show last yes. week. Hey, with me. Had a, well, a lot last of depth week. with Connell. Um, we had so a good discussion about be that. Be sure one. to go watch week five of the JP Eisenhower show. Four. That week one was four, week sorry. four. Um, but uh, that's another interesting one. For me, I think it might make sense, actually, yeah. from a business yep, standpoint yep. and mm-hmm. a program standpoint. Um, and that'd be nice for Alabama to get Bryce Young a, uh, a year under Tua to learn from Tua. Right. Um, another one interesting is uh, Jake Fromm. Uh, if we he needs st- to return. If, if, I think, I think he should. No question. If, if Justin Fields were still at Georgia, from a Georgia standpoint, they would want Fromm gone, yep. probably. Mm-hmm. But now that he's gone, uh, I think they, yeah, they, you, you they need understand. to recruit a quarterback. This, if you're, one of the, yeah. if you're mm-hmm. a top 20 player, you should. I don't think you should be coming back. I think you need to go to the NFL, not risk anything worse. Like Tua, I, if he gets injured again, he's going to slide way nah. into later round. I don't... I think yeah, there's not going to be too many teams that are going to trust his 50, health. 50. No. I'll give it. I don't. I said 70, 30. A I changed talent fi- like that. I I, I teams aren't going to risk it because there's of the some. Injury. It's not in the early rounds. I, I listened to the interview he did with Kirk uh, Herbstreet, and you know, by the way, he was talking there. I think I'd say more of a 60, 40, maybe even 50, 50 that he that he comes mm-hmm. that he goes to the NFL. I think Chase Young, though, the one thing he is thinking about coming back for is that degree, wanting to graduate. That's one thing where I could respect his decision if he wants to have his degree. But there's just some players that come back when they've already they're like top picks, and I don't think they should be. Or I mean, but when you look at Fromm and Swift, they definitely need to come back to improve their draft stock. Yeah, going back to Chase Young real quick, I think if Ohio State wins a national championship this year, there's no doubt he's going. 
Yeah. If, yeah. if Ohio no. State, if Ohio State does not win a national championship, well, if the reason uh, is, is, Fields, clear, if the reason is, is Fields a degree, back, though, he has to. He's a sophomore. He's a sophomore. But from Chase Young, if, if we're looking at it from a business perspective, you can only get worse from where he's at because right now he's looking at the number one pick in the draft uh, or two. No, it's gonna be number it's, one. I mean, Todd. If McShay, he's not number one, then Todd McShay and Mel Kiper both have him going. Number I have him one. going number one. Uh, and Wait, those are, to the Dolphins I mean, or Bengals? You could pretty much only. We don't get know worse. yet. We don't know yet. Okay. You could pretty it's much, gonna be Bengals. You, Bengals are gonna be the number one pick probably. I mean, you could. What I'm saying is, you could pretty much only get worse in in terms of bonus money and and you know, it's not like a quarterback situation where you kind of want to go a little bit later because you can play on a better team. Whereas like a defensive end, you can pretty much go on any team and play. Right? I mean, it's not like. If he comes out, he is the number one ranked prospect coming out of college. Right. Yeah. He is the top player. There's no question. He might not go number one because Bengals need a quarterback, yeah, a quarterback bad. Rusher. Burrow's probably going to go one. Yeah. But he's easily a top Tiger two, to Tiger. top three That'd pick at most. That'd be... Yeah. And uh, shifting a little bit here, we'll talk... Before we pick some uh, games, we'll talk uh, initial recruiting reactions. Uh, today was uh, started um, early signing period, I think. Um I know the the top teams obviously as expected when looking at the rankings. I mean, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, Georgia. I mean, in most it's, it's people's much them in most people's minds, Texas those A&M will be the top five, six, maybe though. not in that order. Texas A and M is stunning. What right. Jimbo Fisher did this that's year, he's six. trying to shift a program mm-hmm. over there, and that's Auburn the way at to number start seven. It. That's going to be you know, I mean, SEC, SEC surprise. The wow, SEC is going to be stacked. I mean, Auburn, go, Auburn seven, four to eight. I mean, that, as usual, it's though. not surprising. As but usual, the A and M one surprises me. It Notre Dame. Oh, Notre Dame jumped to jump to nine. Six, Notre Dame did wait, jump to nine. Six of the top ten teams of recruiting classes are SEC schools. That's, I mean, the SEC has got. It's a cycle, pretty much. If you have a good program, you're gonna get more recruits, so you get better, and then more recruits. So it's like a cycle. It's, it's that's kind of how it works. And Notre Dame up at thirteen. No, Notre Dame's at nine. They moved up to nine, actually. They moved up to nine. They landed somebody. They got. They got two five stars. Um, Chris wow. Tyree, okay. the number one running back in the yeah. nation. That's they got good. the number one they, running they back. They got a running back. Yeah, they hey, need Notre that Dame got, their, got their running back. And then the Big 12 teams filter in and some, pe- uh, Big Ten, some Big Ten teams. But moving down towards the bottom of the top 25, some teams that are jumping up, I want to mention. You want to talk about North Carolina? <laughs> UNC's You want to talk okay. about Nebraska? Uh, yeah. uh, Nebraska is right. overhyped every Florida, year. Florida, Don't Florida, 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 Florida State. We're waiting for Florida it. State. Wait, I know we're it's waiting for it. Come on, um, just say it. Can, I want to roast can, you on it. Kentucky's <laughs> surprising to me. Okay. At 23. Right. Come on, keep saying it. I am going to absolutely destroy you on this. I'm not saying that Georgia Tech will be good next year. I'm not saying they will be good next year. Say something. However, this number 24... Ranked recruiting class is not including um, the running back Jameer Gibbs, who's um, actually committed there. I'm not sure why they didn't include it. He didn't Georgia sign. Tech will move. He didn't sign. Correct. He's he's waiting That's to why. sign, but he's committed to Georgia Tech. He'll probably go. Um, he's signing in February or something. But he's a four star. He's the number um, 16 ranked running back in the in the nation. Uh, top two running back in Georgia. I think his speed is unbelievable out of Dalton. Um, Jameer Gibbs is a true talent. And today they picked up a big signing in Jeff Sims, the quarter, uh, dual quarterback, number seventh ranked quarterback in the nation. Okay. Out of, okay, uh, Georgia um, Tech. Out hey, of Santa Wood. I, I like, mean, they got for, some... for the, 
for how poorly they <laughs> yeah. did this year. Yeah, for how poorly they did this year to have a top twenty-five recruiting class. Jeff Collins is really doing his job well. Yeah, yeah. times are changing. They got some great skill. It's going to take players. a couple years. My big problem is in the trenches. You can't. You got a speedy running back, but if you can't block for him, and you got a great quarterback, if you can't block for him, it's not going to be good. A good season. It's going to be another yeah, down they, season. They got a bunch of three-star offensive linemen, and they don't got, they got, got a four center star, or they guard. Got a f- they don't have. They have tackles. They got don't got a center or guard though. They they got a four star D end um and Jared Jared Ivy that was a big pickup out of North Gwinnett um and they got two four star uh, wide receivers they got the they he's recruiting talent and the the biggest thing for that to start that program was getting a quarterback I mean I I know you need an offensive line but if you're gonna recruit those kind of guys you're you need a quarterback to start the recruiting process um and just for them just this is an example of a coach. Even though that his team isn't doing well in his first season, he's having to completely change the offense. Recruiting is the start to things. I think they might not win a bowl, make a bowl game next year, but in two years' time, I think this could be an eight-win team the way he's recruiting. And a couple of quick things I want to say. Uh, first off, uh, Bryce Young, five-star quarterback, actually signed his letter of intent to to Alabama just a couple minutes ago. I was kind of expected. Though. Yeah, I was expected, but there was actually some questions being raised in the couple, last couple of days whether he'd sign with Alabama. So he sticks with his commitment. Um, and then, okay, let's talk about Oregon. They yeah, signed three five-stars five Good for today. them. Oregon That's showed crazy. up. And also, one thing that really surprised Justin me, Flo. LSU, they're losing. They're yes. losing talent. Heck, but... They lost one Not player. That. They lost they a lost receiver two. to Maryland. They lost two players. And they lost, they lost another. Two they lost players, two players, and but they're the, the number four. They, they also stole. They also stole Arik Gilbert from Georgia. Stole him. Well, and, I mean, okay. And they stole Max Johnson from Georgia. Max Johnson is ten minutes away from Athens. Yeah, but, but I think Eric Gilbert, you know, the way LSU's offense is, is now, it's the way it's structured. I think it, it makes sense for him to go, well, go to LSU. from a tight end standpoint, look at what Nada did at Georgia. He's going to be a receiver. No, he's going to be a receiver. he plays. His play style, he's more of a receiver than a blocker. So it makes more sense for him to go to LSU. Also, uh, Georgia flipped another commit, a four-star Jermaine Burton from LSU. So that's another play they lost. The so. huge, huge thing that I saw, Rakeem Jarrett flipped from LSU to Maryland. Yeah, that's he wants crazy. to be a star. I had no that's idea. That's probably what it that is. Was... Mar- Maryland has hold on. Maryland has the number twenty-seven recruiting class in the nation. But they're Maryland. And they almost got the four-star quarterback that went to Georgia yeah. Tech. Guys, are they're we going to ignore though. Texas at number ten? Texas. Oh, I'm actually surprised them? they're still they're getting that kind of clout. Oh, we're, we're, I'm we're kidding. Back. I'm kidding. But, we're back to that's being like, seven. That's five. like when you when I you mentioned a- Nebraska. Okay, can we on this podcast? Let's not hype up Nebraska. Yeah, no. Because every year, every never. Every station hypes think, them up, and then they never perform. Yeah. It's, <laughs> hey, I, it's U- not. Utah had a good year recruiting loss. Yeah. Utah's, what are they, like 50-something? Yeah, 90-something. They were pretty yeah. low yeah, as Utah, far as 50-something. Utah, Utah is not in the top 50. They, they were a playoff contender. They're not in the top 50. I think K-State has a better recruiting class than that. I think Green has a better recruiting class than Utah does. I saw that last night. Utah jumped up to 56. Okay, never mind. Vanderbilt has a better recruiting class than Utah. What happened to USC? Wow. Syracuse. Wow. Syracuse has a USC better recruiting lost class. All their, USC, USC lost, lost all their, their recruits. recruits. This is sad. Virginia's They're recruiting so- class is down a lot. They're, Virginia is below East Carolina and Tulane. USC has one four-star. That's it. 
Wow. Um, UCF's recruiting class really dropped uh, off from the previous years, too. They're all the way down at 63. Georgia jumped LSU at number four. Yep, they did. That oh, just that, happened. That just happened. After the switch um, for the four-star. And mm-hmm. after Appalachian State's coach left, we're expecting if he would have stayed, they would have had a great recruiting class. They're down to 73. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's, there's some interesting... I mean, a bunch Memphis. of ACC, ACC teams living... Virginia's at 60. Dude, I'm I'm a Notre Dame fan, and I'm waiting for the day we can switch to the ACC. <laughs> I really want it to happen, because look at the... These teams aren't bad. They're not bad. This year was bad representation, but they're up and coming. I think it would be a great move for the program. I, I think if Notre Dame didn't lose that game versus Michigan... They Playoff. might have been the four. They might have been five the four ACC, seed. Five ACC teams in the top 25, though, yeah, Phoenix. I, I know. That's, so, that's what I'm saying. Just No, but uh, going back to Georgia Tech, guys, I mean, <laughs> the fact that they're out... No one cares. The fact that they're out recruiting so many of these teams that were good this year is... It's true. I mean... Give them props. It's hard to do when you go... When you win... When you lose to the Citadel. <laughs> oh, man. But you still have a top 25 recruiting class. That's pretty tough to do. Yeah, I can't... But also, KU can't shooting up there, too, at 46. Yeah, and now we'll... Uh, yeah, Wes Miles. I don't know. Might He's be just got to give his players might a ton of cheating. PEDs and maybe they'll yeah. be good. <laughs> now we'll take a look at some of the um, games we're going to pick. We'll pick all the top 25 matchups that we haven't picked yet. Um... Oklahoma LSU number four versus number one first game of the playoff. Um, LSU favored by fourteen and a seventy-five and a half over under. Connell, who do you like? Um, I like LSU in this one, and I like them covering. Uh, I think Oklahoma. I like you, like Andrew's been saying a lot. I think the Big Twelve is overrated. The way they played versus Baylor, that was a third string quarter. I think second or third string quarterback Baylor had, mind you, and they beat him in overtime. Um, so, you know, LSU covers, and it hurts me to say this, but I'm going to take the under, actually. I usually take the over, but uh, 75 and a half, uh, I think, I think it'll be a little bit less than hey, that. Hey, did you see the Falcons Barely. game, Connell? Don't take the under. Don't <laughs> take it. <laughs> these, hey. I mean, these are two teams, offense, no defense. I mean, Oklahoma's defense is better than last year, but it's still not great. I think it's going to be uh, LSU covers, and I think it's going to be over. Yeah, I agree. LSU will win. Um, they'll cover. Uh, they'll. It's definitely an over. I just want to say, like LSU, their strength is their offense, not their defense. And Oklahoma's strength is their offense, not their defense. I think it'll be a shootout. Yeah, I I like the over, and LSU will cover in this one. Um, Big 12's overrated, Connell. You got that one right, Eddie O. Um, <laughs> Eddie O. Goes, Joe goes all the way, goes all the way back to Baylor beating Rice by nine points. Um. So, <laughs> so uh, LSU wins by at least. Or maybe 20. Rice is just secretly a top ten team. Right. LS, JP, get him out of here. JP, yeah, come JP, on. Get out. <laughs> they won like two games this year. Yeah, they're horrible. Um, uh, LSU by twenty one at least for me. All right. Um, number three, Clemson. Number two, Ohio State. Uh, this one's pretty much a pick 'em spread. It's uh, one and a half, I think, for Clemson. So. Pretty much even over What's under over six under? over under sixty three. Wow, that's a little bit high. That's really high. All right, um, you know uh, this is a game that I think a lot of people. I don't know. I you know with the point spread coming out, I think people are actually starting to legitimize Clemson in the way that 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 they've been deserving. Right, they've beat every team by over twenty points, and even though they haven't played anyone, you st- I mean you still got to show up every week and play. And the only game they looked vulnerable in was UNC, and that's kind of. You know, that's UNC is better than a lot right. of people are giving them credit for. But even with that, Ohio State, they've played the better teams and they've been beating teams like Clemson has pretty much all year. And they've played better teams and they got Chase Young. Justin Fields looks amazing. Uh, those DBs look really good. Um, 
I don't know. It's tough, but Ohio State taking this one, and I'm going to take the under two. I think it'll be a low score, lower scoring game than most people think. So Ohio State and the under. You know, I'm just going to shock everyone here, and I'm going to take Clemson. I think I'm going to be the only one at this table who How's takes that a Clemson. Shocker? That's not a shocker. Well, everyone here is going to take Ohio State, though. <laughs> I was going to take Clemson, I thought Ohio, too, Oh, JP. you're taking All right. All right, well, I guess it's not the only one. But <laughs> I was expecting to be the only one to take Clemson, but, I mean, when you look at how Wisconsin played Ohio State the first half, I feel like Clemson has the pieces to emulate that for the entire game with Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence playing complementary to the running game. And really, a lot of people... After last year's Clemson defense, they're not giving the credit that's deserved to this year's Clemson defense. This year's Clemson defense has better numbers than last year's defense. I think that this defense could be better than last year, although they might not have those players everyone knows. I feel like this is really a team that throughout the year, a lot of people are saying their schedule is bad, their schedule is bad, and this is going to be a chance for them to prove that they're a really good team, and I think they're going to win this one. Yeah, uh... I think I'm going to go Clemson just because I think they'll be really fired up after all the hate they got all season, and they're definitely not a bad team. So I think it'll be uh, Clemson will win by two touchdowns, and it'll be under forty-three, uh, under 63. I think, um, I think the defense has changed a little bit for Clemson. It's not quite as good as last year, um, but I mean... <laughs> The weird thing for me is through the first eight weeks of the season, everybody said Clemson's not as not nearly as good as last year. And to me, that was based solely off the fact that Trevor Lawrence threw like eight interceptions in the first four weeks of the season. That was pretty much the only and the UNC game. Those were the only reasons they said that. So um for me, I don't really think that's legitimate at all. I think Clemson's I mean, last year Clemson was head and shoulders above everybody in the country. They were. I they mean, destroyed they, Alabama they, yeah, in the national championship. Were. Yep. Um, I, I'll I admit it. They did. I don't think enough has changed um, for Clemson for them not to be able to win this game. I think their defensive line. Uh, You've been saying no, I said their defense yeah, is You've been saying Ohio State's gone. number one all enough. season, though. I, I still think that Clemson's enough. offense, I mean, Ohio State's the most balanced team in the country. Um, no doubt about it in my mind. But I don't. I just don't know uh, that that rose uh, the Big Ten championship. They didn't play a good first half. You can't do that against Clemson, and I think Clemson wins this one. In that a, shocked in a ver- me. Very close game. Cello, right, you've been one of Cello, Ohio State. Cello, you've been taking Ohio State, saying they're number one all year. That oh, shocked me. Rankings and picks are completely separate, JP. I mean, hey, if you're saying Clemson number didn't one, deserve right. a number one ranking or a number I, two. I'm the only one to pick Ohio State, right. so hey, now that's an extra the, point on everyone let's pick, else. Now let's pick the championship. Connell, you got Ohio State and LSU. Who do you like in the championship? Um, well, how do we pick championship? We just, based on, just based on who you have in your championship, <sighs> who will you pick? Man, that's tough. That's really tough. Um, you know, I think I'll, I'll just go Ohio State. I'll just go Ohio State. That's tough, tough pick, but that's the game everyone wants to see. JP, LSU, Clemson. Oh, I really... I really want to take Clemson and say they win again, but this LSU offense, I can't pick against them right now. I think LSU all season, they're the number one team. They've proved week in and week out that they can beat the top teams in in college football. I think LSU wins another big one. Uh, yeah, I think um, 
I wish LSU would win, but they're not going to. Clemson's going to win. Debo Sweeney is mad. Old Clemson team is mad after the— I mean, okay, I, everyone says motivation's a huge factor, but what team isn't motivated, Yeah, they're all man? motivated. Everyone's going in the college football playoff. LSU's never been in it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't understand the, the motivation factor. Everyone says, like, Clemson's so motivated. But, like, every other team is motivated, Every other too. team is motivated, but, like, at the same time, they've been hated on all season long, so— Motivation. The level know. of motivation definitely does change games. Yeah, but it's like th- home field like, advantage. What, what no, I was saying, the the level and motivation changes games in the other bowl games, not in the college yeah, football no, playoff. Because both of these teams, I mean, mm-hmm. they've grinded together. I mean, it's gonna, not like I'm I think not the saying, level of motivation is the same. Yeah. I, I'm gonna just say that for all the teams. Maybe moti- Clemson's might even be lower because they've made don't it so often. Use motivation as a reason for them winning the game, right. in my opinion. I mean, in the Georgia Baylor game, sure, Georgia might lose because of motivation, but in this game, no, all doesn't right. matter. All right. I think. Clemson, LSU, Andrew, that's uh, who your final is. Who you got? Uh, hmm, mm. It's tough, isn't it? <laughs> we'll take Clemson. All right. Yeah, Clemson. I, if I'm going to take Clemson to beat Ohio State, Clemson's going to beat that's, LSU. That's what I'm thinking, too. Um, I, I just think that if LSU, I mean, if Clemson can beat OSU, then they're going to beat yeah, LSU. Yeah, they finally gotten the recognition, recognition I believe they deserved. I mean, over the past few weeks, they've I'm, I don't care how bad Virginia is for, for being in the ACC championship. Still to beat them that badly, I mean, that was insane. So I like Clemson uh, to win it all two years in a row. Um, that'll do it for this week on the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great Christmas, everybody. We'll see you in 2020.